1: Welcome back. It's MPB Season Pass on Think Radio with Sam Wells. I'm Jay White. Thanks for listening on this Thursday morning. Uh, Well... It's uh, uncharacteristically cool on this Thursday, at least in the the central Mississippi area.
2: Yeah, I, I came in like wearing like a long sleeve shirt and a big jacket. And you're wearing like shorts. I kind of feel like a wuss.
1: Well, no, <laughs> I, I wish I was closer to where you are. Hey, the Masters starts today. Sam, does that say anything to you?
2: Ooh, yeah. Did uh, did uh, I guess Dustin Johnson uh, survived his stair fall? And he will play? <laughs> I I read
1: earlier this morning that he uh,
2: his uh, manager
1: or agent or whatever his spokesperson said he was moving in the right direction. I like that. That's some pretty, uh, that's some agent speak, I think, right
2: there. Yeah, What? And I guess when he was moving down the stairs, he wasn't moving in the right no, direction. Was
1: he, he was moving in the wrong direction
2: from the tournament. Maybe it. the right direction, but too fast. Right. So if, if you had not
1: heard, Dustin Johnson, the number one player in the world, um, I guess he rents a place in Augusta when he stays there. You can do that when you have number one player in the world type money. And um, evidently, um, he took a spill, headed down some stairs, and busted up uh, his lower back. And so as of yesterday afternoon, there—oh, there it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm just going to whisper when I do this story now. It's like, well, let's, ha-
2: let's head on down to Butler's Cabin, Jay.
1: <laughs> there was some great question whether or not he would play. And I guess there still is to a certain extent, Sam.
2: Yeah, but uh, I think he's going to make it. A question so. like no other. Will <laughs> Dustin Johnson play? <laughs> And the Ooh. Masters and Jim Dance, boy, he's had a he he. This is uh, the two best weeks in yeah. sports for him. This is his time
1: of the year, right? Where Goes he from to, the Final Four,
2: he gets to sling out a pun, a pun like no other after a, a national <laughs> title. He didn't really do it this year. It kind of, I think uh, the, I think the, uh, boy, last year I don't know if folks remember, but we had Kevin Kugler on our program that you managed to rustle up after calling one of the best national championship games ever. Yeah, uh, and this year, meh. <laughs> Yeah. a bunch of fouls happened, a bunch of shots, a bunch of free throw shooting, and uh, North Carolina pulled it out. But boy, they got to figure something out. Yeah, they, there's got to be a happy medium there somewhere. It's kind of like college baseball a couple of years ago when uh, they wanted to take, uh, they wanted to tone the bats down and but and ended up just taking the home run completely out of the game.
1: Yeah, yeah, they they tuned the bats down, and then I think they dampened the baseball a little bit at the same time. Yeah, and you went from, um, you went from pinball machines to 1930.
2: Yeah, pinball machines to basically like the polo grounds where you're running around a 500 feet outfield, <laughs> right? And, uh... But then at the same time, I,
1: I swear to you, I think that that's the thing that set Mississippi State back a couple years after their World Series run was that you know, I, I think Cohen was kind of out in front of a lot of people with regard to the new baseball. He's just you know he's going to recruit a lot of guys that can hit line drives gap to gap, pitch it really 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 well, have a deep pitching staff and have fast athletic outfielders because big guys are still going to try to hit home runs and that ball's not going to travel and they're just going to go run it down. And um, then they juice the baseball back up. And it's like, wait, hmm. I got this whole team built off of what we were doing. Okay, be, well, never mind. Be,
2: uh, you may be right. Who knows? But um, well, let's tell folks about uh, the show today. Of course, Scott Berry will be on with us at the ten 1020- twenty. A little bit, a little after ten twenty, his uh, Southern Miss team was headed towards their best start in school history for the first thirty games. And Ole Miss, uh, they, basically, Southern Miss threw it away. I mean, yeah, literally. Literally, they threw a ba- a pass ball to the backstop to, tor- to tie the game to allow Ole Miss to tie it at five, and then threw a ball to the backstop to allow Ole Miss to score the winning run in the bottom of the twelfth, I believe, the other night in Pearl. Um, but uh, still, an incredible start for USM. Uh this team and and, and Coach Barry too, we'll have to ask him about this. Old Miss is having just a devil of time to hit the hitting the baseball period. Yeah. Southern Miss never has an has that problem. <laughs> I mean, they're guys up and down that lineup batting three fifty, uh, and just smoking the ball and not Harold not highly touted heralded guys or anything like that, but boy whoever whoever uh Whatever hitting philosophy he goes by, man, it is a good one. Well, let me say
1: this. They're 8-1 and one in Conference USA right now. And uh, the, the chase for that CUSA crown would be different because, you know, when you think about whether or not Southern Miss can win that league, what's the first question you automatically ask? It's like, well, what is Rice doing? Well Rice is two and seven this year and they're ten and twenty one overall. They're last yeah in Conference USA. Well <laughs> what? Yeah, Rice is having a down season. Yeah, what's going on with that? I mean that's almost unheard of. So it's uh Southern Miss and a handful of uh new faces, uh including Florida Atlantic, a team Mississippi State has uh uh, Florida International, excuse me. One, one of them, yeah. whatever. Um, the Owls. Both of those guys, Florida Atlantic and Florida International, are both up in the top four with Old Dominion. So, Oh, man, Old Dominion. Yeah. And actually, Louisiana Tech was off to a really hot start this year. And since they got into a conference play, they've tanked out. And they're tied with Rice for last. So Southern Miss is the only one in the league that's been able to carry it over into conference play.
2: Yeah, they might be able to pull off the. Oh, we're getting way ahead of ourselves in the middle of or the beginning of April. Of course, uh, Coach Barry will probably put the brakes on this talk. But uh, <laughs> you know, USM uh, and Conference USA will be playing their tournament at um, MGM Park down there. So they should have a very sizable home field advantage. And so, and if they can keep it together in regular season, they might win the double. Yeah, which would be great. That really would be. Uh, and, and right now, Southern Miss, last year, you know, State Ole Miss and Southern Miss were in line to host. Uh, Southern is light years ahead of the other two right now, I believe, Yeah, in that, I, in that regard.
1: The thing is, what's interesting about it is Mississippi State, you know, they've gone on a, a little bit of a run here lately. They had won seven in a row before uh, splitting this uh, midweek series with whichever Florida team it was they played. <laughs> and um, so the, their RPIs jumped way up. I think it was 25th when I looked yesterday. And Southern Miss is something around 23rd. Uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting how it worked out. Yeah. Uh, Old Miss, just, you know, huge recruiting class, and they were kind of in a situation where, you know, let's go ahead and plug all these guys in and see what they can do right now. And some of them, had some, they've had some trouble adjusting. Uh, and so I think, I think they're, they're due for a surge in the second half. Because those guys aren't, you know what they say. I mean, you get about a half a season to being a freshman, and then you're not, you're no not a freshman, freshman anymore. So, you know, I, I expect a bunch of those guys to eventually adjust. Uh, they're almost too good not to.
2: I'll say this about Ole Miss, and then we can turn or change the subject to our next. Because um, they've been pitching,
1: their, their pitching has been amazing.
2: Pitching this year. is in the top two and three in the Southeastern Conference right now. Hitting is at the very, very bottom, fourteenth, thirteenth in every major category, uh, <laughs> and in the SEC. Um, averaging about four runs a game, which is just putrid for college baseball. I mean, I'm just going to tell you the truth. Uh, But if you've watched this team the last, like, month, I guess you know that. Um, But if they don't get it together, and they got it together a little bit and won that game, no matter how they won it, they won it the other night against Southern Miss. They play Alabama this weekend, Jay. They need to win this series, and in reality – They really need a sweep of Alabama because the Rebels will go to Southern Miss on Tuesday night, which is a place that I don't remember the last time Ole Miss beat USM at Southern Miss. That's how long it's been since that happened. Two, they go to LSU next weekend. Now, the Tigers are scuffling a little bit, but you would have to go all the way back to pre-SAM 1982, uh, the last time (laughs) Ole Miss beat LSU in a series in the conference play in Baton Rouge. So... Uh, That's probably not going to happen just because it hasn't for so long. It's kind of like Ole Miss and Alabama in football. Like, I'm not really going to believe they're going to beat them until they actually do it down there. And then they play Missouri the next week, who Missouri is in the top 15 right now and having one of their best baseball seasons since probably uh, a guy named Aaron Crowe was pitching for them who ended up being one of the top draft picks. So they better figure it out, and they better figure it out in a hurry because you can get buried with the schedule that you play around here. Or Max Scherzer. Yeah, or Matt Scherzer for sure. Yeah. I, I think it was before. Yeah, I think uh, Crow was. I think it was Aaron yeah, Crow he's or been after that. Yeah, but
1: um, closer yeah. to their actual SEC days, which all yeah. their legends are like back when they played in the Big Eight. <laughs> well, hey, it's like, well, you know, we did, Okay, cool. They learned
2: something. They hosted a regional, and uh, Aaron Crow and Lens Lynn pitched against each other in that, and then I think they pitched against each other in Major League Baseball a couple of years ago. So How about that, it's pretty crazy that uh, you see all these connections with college baseball and in Mississippi and stuff like that in the uh, in the major leagues and. So Speaking of which, uh, Tyler Moore made the roster for the Marlins. Doubled the other night, and then of course uh, everybody else that's on rosters from Mississippi. So uh, we got another baseball uh, player who's up in the uh, who's up in Major League Baseball with, with the Miami Marlins.
1: Yeah, um, there's been a, a there's a it's going to be another good season for Mississippians who make the major leagues. I saw um, the first the the opening night outing uh, by Kendall Graveman. Yeah, uh, pitched for the A's. He beat the Angels. Uh, made one yeah. mistake, and it was you. it was a, a two run <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, two run home run for Mike Trout. Uh, I mean that. Don't hang your head. That happens to a bunch, but yeah, uh, yeah he he looked really good. Uh, Lance Lynn is coming back off an injury, uh, and and you know he should get you know a good look in the, in the Cardinals rotation. Um, Billy Hamilton expected a, a bunch this year. I can't get going on listing yeah. these guys because I'll naturally forget somebody.
2: Yeah, Stuart Turner actually made the roster for the uh, Reds as well. So they have Zach Cozart, Stuart Turner, and uh, Billy Hamilton. Those guys all have Mississippi connections. Reds not looking too good, though, supposedly. That's going to be a
1: long year for them. Yeah, But they're going to get to look at a lot of different things yeah. to see what fits maybe going forward a lot of losing, for the next probably. three or four years. Uh, but yeah and and S- Seth Smith is with Baltimore. Yeah, I, mean, I saw him in spring training down in Florida a couple of weeks ago. Did you tell I him said so, what's up? I, I didn't get a chance to. Ah. I didn't get a chance to. But um, uh, yeah, he's he is with the Orioles now, and that's a that's a friendly, fun-loving park for hitters, right there. Yeah. And the, it's the thing 25th is,
2: anniversary of that stadium. How old is it? Yeah, that, that that exactly, <laughs> exactly.
1: But uh, the thing is, I I I don't know, you know. He's with Buck Showalter now. Yeah. I don't know how much you know. Buck doesn't play. He is not captain sabermetrics.
2: Right. Yeah, he's not into the platoon
1: game, and he doesn't go by the quote unquote book a lot. Ask Zach Britton, who's still waiting to pitch in last year's American League Wild Card game. Um, So it will be. I think it will be an interesting thing to watch and see how many at bats Seth Smith gets against left-handers this year, which could, uh, you know, it, it could open him up to having a little bit better numbers. You know, just counting stats, home runs, RBIs, hits, because he's just getting more bats. Uh, hitting against left-handers, the game that I saw him in spring training, he got two hits against left-handers, including one where they had him way shifted over to the right side, and I mean, he basically just he basically just stayed inside the ball and poked it down the third baseline. Uh, he's and and that's an interesting trend. If you love baseball and you watch a lot of baseball, this is how. If if you've not if you don't like all the shifting, and I mean, I understand the metrics tell you where to position people, but I also understand. I mean, shortstop is supposed to be in a specific place, third baseman is supposed to be in a specific place, the left fielder is supposed to be in a specific place, and there are no rules that say you can't put them wherever you want to. So you can move them around, but eh, there's a spirit of the rule thing that's being violated here. But this is how it's going to be corrected. More and more guys nowadays are saying, look, if you're going to put seven of the nine fielders on the field, <laughs> one on the one field. side of the field, it's going to I'm just going to bunt it down the third baseline and I'm going to hit 800 against you guys this year. And if that's if you're cool with that, so am I. Um, and so I, I love that. And in the past, the people who do the shifts have called that kind of, um, I don't know, kind of low blow. What's the word I'm looking for here? They've said that that's kind of under the table, and I'm like, no, nah, putting seven guys on one side of the field is kind of under the table.
2: Yeah, the only thing that's under the table to me in baseball is bunting with like a no hitter in like the bottom of the ninth. <laughs> right, <laughs> but I mean, still, you're still trying to win the game, so it's not really whatever. And then we just, well, see like bunting
1: up ten to nothing or down ten to nothing. Yeah, you know, a bun- people think that that's kind of bush league, but again, still trying
2: to get people on base. If
1: look, if if you've got seven guys on one side of the field, I mean we can team all this. If you want to, I'm going to bunt it where the people aren't standing, Yeah, you know, and I'm, I don't care if I'm ahead 10 to nothing. If you're going to give me, you know, a 40 degree angle of the field to hit at, I'm going to try to put it over there. Yeah.
2: I don't know why you, you wouldn't. Know? So anyway, uh, well, so we'll talk to, uh, we'll talk to Scott Barry here in just a minute about, uh, about Southern Miss and their hot start. And we'll also talk to Hugh Kellenberger, the uh, sports editor for the, Cl- for the clarion ledger. He was in Dallas to watch Mississippi State's women's basketball team dethroned UConn and narrowly miss out on a chance to win the, the school's first national championship.
1: Yeah, what, a, what an amazing weekend. That's going to be a lot of fun to talk to him about that. And, uh, and if also, you're an Ole Miss
2: fan, you had to be cool with it because it made everybody completely forget about the sweep of uh, Mississippi, that Ole Miss was swept by Mississippi State in baseball. No one even like noticed yeah, it happened. That's true. Uh, because uh, State, uh, of course, had the big weekend. I was in North Carolina, and... Uh, People were cheering for uh, for the lady dogs at a at a, uh, a local watering hole that I was at, and um, <laughs> it was just nuts. I mean, it's crazy to think that. You know, I remember a couple of years ago we thought, "Man, this is nuts." MPB. And and high school football are on the uh, are on at a sports bar in the state of Mississippi because uh, I think Meridian was playing, South Panola for the title, yeah. and and then you go out of the state this week, past weekend, and everybody's cheering for Mississippi State in Raleigh, North Carolina, of all places, which is a basketball hotbed, as they uh, are trying to beat UConn. Well, and they slayed
1: it. the giant man, yeah. and uh, with a with a huge shot to boot. So they were they were the darling story there for a couple weeks, and then you mentioned state with the big weekend. Uh, Brent Rooker, man. If you have an opportunity to look at the stats that this guy's putting up, please do it because this guy's lapping the field in the Southeastern Conference offensively, and he is boat racing an extremely talented Ferris Trophy field. Uh, he is having a, a season for the books, a historic season going right now. So check out his numbers, if you will. I've retweeted some stuff, and you can look at it on my timeline on, on Twitter. I'm at jwhitesports, J-A-Y. White Sports, J-A-Y. White sports. So uh, we'll take a break here, and when we come back, we're going to have uh, uh, Scott Berry. <laughs> he is the head baseball coach at Southern Miss. The Golden Eagles are twenty-four and six, and ranked in all six, six of them, all six <laughs> of uh, America's college baseball polls. I don't know if we needed six opinions, but hey, we got them, and they're uh, a consensus
2: rank, which is tough enough. It's like the uh, it's like the Supreme Court, <laughs> right? Right. So we'll
1: have uh, that on the other side. And uh, then again, uh, as he as Sam mentioned, we'll speak with Hugh Kellenberger from the clearing ledger a little bit later on in the show with Sam Wells of Jay White. This is season pass on Think Radio.
0: To listen to stories and shows, go to mpbonline.org.
1: Welcome back. It's MPB Season Pass on Think Radio with Sam Wells. I'm Jay White. Now with us, the head baseball coach of the 24-6 and 6 Southern Miss Golden Eagles. I tell you their rank, but there's 92 polls, and they're different in every one of them. I think their highest rank right now is 17th, so we'll say that. The 17th ranked Golden Eagles, Coach Scott Berry. Coach, welcome into the show. How are you doing?
0: Good morning. Doing fine.
1: Do you, as a coach, or do you and your staff, or how do you – or do you at all keep up with with rankings? How what does that mean, or does it mean anything to you?
0: You know, Jay, I really don't. I don't. I don't look at rankings. I don't look at RPI. I learned a long time ago that the most important uh, thing is is wins and concentrating on that next opportunity to get one. And you know, at the end of the year, I guess those rankings and RPI. They become very big factors in, in what happens, but right now we just concentrate on trying to win baseball games.
1: Let me ask you: uh, uh, Major League Baseball this year started a thing where they're taking out the four pitches you have to do for intentional walks. Are you a fan of that? Has that changed over the last week?
0: No, it isn't. You know, obviously it was a uh, it was a bad deal for us the other night. But now I think that's part of, part of baseball. I, I kind of get angry sometimes i guess or frustrated about some of the rule changes that they keep doing with baseball but uh but no i think it's been a big part of the game and it needs to continue to do that you know i think their intent is is try to speed up the game but you know now that they've brought in replay that's what slowed everything down because everything's replayed (laughs) amen you know i I, I just i like i'm traditional
1: so when a guy winds up you know, kind of literally throwing a game away on an intentional walk. He throws one back to the screen. That guy, There's no one on earth that could feel worse than that guy, regardless of how much of a fan you could be. So as a coach, what do you tell that guy? I mean, Do you give him some time to kind of uh, ramp down a little bit, or, or do you get straight to him and try to pull his mind off of it? Does it depend on the player? How do you handle to that as a manager?
0: Well, you just encourage him, you know, keep your head up, keep moving on. I mean, uh, there's there's some things in life that are that are tough, tough blows, and, uh, you know, every, that wasn't what lost us the game. You know, if you look at the total game, we didn't play a well enough complete game, I think, all the way through. Uh, to, uh, to 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 be successful in that that night, so that was just one one factor, and you know, obviously, that everybody will remember. But there were several things within that contest that cost us that opportunity to win. So you just keep encouraging, you know, Austin. Nobody feels worse than Austin. His teammates support him, obviously, and uh, yeah. you know, it's it's just it's part of it.
1: And uh, since you started conference USA play, I think everybody knew what you were going to get from kirk mccarty but what about hayden roberts i know that's that's had to well it's, it's played in largely to why your record is as good as it is right now but he has given you a reason not to have to worry about another of your three uh conference games uh, just a little bit about his performance so far this year
0: well, Hayden, is, I feel like, has, has gotten better each time out. A uh, young man that had Tommy Jones surgery back in junior college uh, the year that we signed him. So he he missed uh, half of his sophomore year at that junior college. and Then came back in and we rehabbed him all fall, which was a year ago this past fall. And then we were able to implement him into games last spring. And really, boy, I'll tell you what, he uh, – he was uh, like passing the baton off on a relay to the to the fourth guy there at the end of the year. He was a fresh arm. We had to, you know, obviously monitor his pitch count, but each pitch count or each outing, he was able to get a little bit more pitches. And by the time he was done in, in that year, uh, which was last year, he had thrown 13 in the third innings and, and had thir- thrown very good 13 in the third inning. So we knew we had an opportunity for a guy that would be on the weekend this year and and he has proved
1: us no no different, Coach. Uh, you know, Sam and I were talking in the last segment, and we were talking about how Ole Miss has had some struggles offensively. They're just they're scuffling to get off the mat. And he mentioned how, I mean, in conference play, you guys are hitting 340 as a team. And I'm counting on, you know, statistically, I'm looking at 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 guys that are hitting over 300 on your team since conference play started. Um, I mean, they say hitting is contagious, but this is more than that. I mean, how, what's the approach that you guys use that winds up making Southern Miss always one of the most dangerous offensive teams in the South, if not the whole country?
0: Well, you know, I think with this year's team, I feel like that we have a very athletic group uh, that are able to do different things and make adjustments. And I think more the more athletic you are as a person physically, the easier it is to make adjustments within your game. And I think that's what we've seen in these guys. I like to also think that... That our coaches uh, Kaye and Valmouth do a great job uh, of getting these guys ready and and having the approach from game to game, from pitcher to pitcher, you know, and, and being able to give them that information to be successful. I like to think that also the weight room, our strength and conditioning coach uh, and his assistant, at the time that they invest in our guys and development, uh, getting their bodies more more physically strong plays into it, too. So I think there's a lot of things that matter into uh, to what happens. And uh, you know, our guys work very hard. Confidence also becomes an important factor and, and maybe the most important factor. And, and right now our guys have that confidence at the plate uh, to be successful as, as hitters offensively.
2: Coach Scott Berry is our guest on MPB Season Pass. Coach, uh, every time you guys play down here in, in Pearl or if you play on the coast, it's the Southern Miss Ole Miss game, the Southern Miss Mississippi State game, they're always the most highly attended games, and it was no different the other night I was there at the Ole Miss game. And, boy, the Southern Miss fans love going to Trustmark Park and watching your team play. Just talk about your fan support when you're even, even when you're not at home at games like that because uh, they really bring it every single time you guys play at, uh, at Trustmark and on the coast.
0: Well, they do, and you know, there's a long, uh, long history of baseball success at, at Southern Miss. Started way before I was ever here, and, and it's continued on. Uh, the uh, The tradition that's been built has been from I feel like blue collar, hard nosed baseball uh, guys that go out, maybe sometimes that are, have a chip on their shoulder that. Might not have been recruited by you know a bigger school per se, and and they come in and and you know they always are are working hard to to prove themselves. So and it's just continued through the years. But our fans uh, certainly uh, they they get behind us, and and when you're winning, they even get more behind you as as any fan base does. But the games at Jackson are are pearl, I should say. They're well attended by all, I feel like, baseball enthusiasts that love college baseball. Because every time we play there, there's two quality programs that they're going to be able to see, whether it be ourselves, Ole Miss, ourselves and State, it doesn't matter, or State and Ole Miss. It's just good baseball, and it's the way we do things here in the South.
1: Coach, the Conference USA race, uh, I mean, this just is awkward looking at Rice sitting at 2-7 <laughs> and 7 and 10-21. and 21. Has, Could anybody have anticipated you know, you know. maybe things work out where you lose a whole bunch of guys, maybe the draft hits you hard, and you know you're going to take a step back. But did anybody have any kind of an idea that, that Rice would be struggling this year like they have?
0: No, I don't think so. I mean, when you look at last year was the first time in 21 years that they have not won or shared a conference title. For 21 consecutive <laughs> years now, uh, they finished fourth in our league last year, and then... They came close to to winning a conference tournament title uh, with our game last year, but we were able to uh, to beat them three to two. So that knocked that streak down. But that's pretty pretty amazing there, Jay. Twenty one consecutive years. So nobody anticipated that, and he's got a lot of guys back. So I don't know what's going on, but I do know that if you stay in this uh, in college athletics or athletics, you know, sooner or later. It's gonna to happen to you. I don't know if anybody's exempt from anything, you know, like their struggles happen. But uh, yeah, it's it's kind of uh, it's kind of mind boggling to see that right now. But don't count them out. I know that too. So right, uh, you know, they did beat uh, Houston Cougars uh, night four last nine to nothing. So who knows? They may be getting on a roll.
1: And now it means uh, that means a little bit to them too, right there. Let me ask you, uh, offensively. You know, a lot of people coming into the season, a lot of the talk, uh, Taylor Braley, but uh, looking statistically, you've had a lot of guys that have really come along and, you know, maybe unlike, well, I will say similar to last year, actually, the, the balance up and down your lineup really allows guys to take off because no one person is having to carry the load offensively or be relied on to carry the load offensively in your lineup. It allows guys like Matt Walner, for example, who, you know, these guys already hit seven home runs in conference play. You guys have played nine conference games, and he's off to a great start, and he's hitting over 400. A little bit about a guy like uh, Walner taking off like he has.
0: Well, you know, he's a young man from Minneapolis, Minnesota, a true freshman. You know, he is just a a very, very good talent, uh, very projectable. Uh, You know, probably uh, he hasn't seen his better days in baseball, I can assure you. But uh, a young man who's just willing to learn, works very hard. Uh, You know, he represents our program on and off the field how you want it. A very good student. But, you know, The young man is, uh, you know, he's, he's serving that protection right now for, for Taylor Braley and uh, ahead of him and, and doing a great job with it. You know, the other night I hated it because he, I don't know, his hip tightened up on him there in the ninth inning and we knew something had happened a little bit because he threw four straight balls and his velocity had gone from 94 to 86. Uh, but you know uh, he he is a talent on that mound too. But the thing yeah. I think that separates him from a lot of freshmen is just his presence. Is he's 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 a he's ahead of his age, I guess I should say, in the way that he carries himself, his confidence on there, and you know he's the, the true impact player as a, as a freshman.
1: Now you mentioned he's from Minnesota. Now he originally signed with North Dakota before he they did. dropped baseball. So how did you get onto this guy?
0: Well, it was it's kind of a, a neat story Mitch Gaspard, who used to be the coach in Alabama we were playing and he he had told me about a pitcher that North Dakota had that had played against them opening weekend that was really good and so when I found out that they had dropped their program or were going to discontinue their program obviously those guys become immediately eligible so yeah. I told uh, I told our assistant you know call up there and find out about that left-handed pitcher I don't know what Year he is, but uh, Mitch said that he was a really good one. So when he did, uh, that kid wasn't available. But um, the the coach up there, who known for a long time, who's from uh, Alabama, he said, "Well, he said you need to get on this kid that I've signed for next year from Minnesota. This is the one I feel like is going to be the really good one." So we did, and Fed flew yeah. up and, and and watched him pitch, watched him hit a home run, and you know the kid. Uh, it was between us, Coastal Carolina, and Kentucky. Wow. Uh, and he decided that he wanted to come as far south as he could, and it was Southern Miss, <laughs> and we were so fortunate that he you know, selected us.
1: That sounds like Doug Shanks telling everybody uh, that one year he had like seven players from Canada. He said everything south of Kentucky is Florida. <laughs> and that's how he convinced a bunch of I guys. Could hear
0: to, coach saying that,
1: <laughs> right? Uh, before we go, let me ask you about Braley. You mentioned, it, and I had heard. I was listening to the game on the radio, actually, on the move. Um, you know, when when he came out of the game and had a little uh, 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 hitch in his giddy up, so to speak. Uh, wh- what do you know about that? And has that affected him moving forward?
0: What was it that he had now? I'm not aware of it, I guess I thought you um, t- who are you talking, I'm talking about Walter. Walter oh okay, okay, yeah, Walter, his hips started tightening up there in the ninth inning, so uh yeah, that was Walter braley fine i was I was going to say, oh Lord, I hadn't heard about this one.
1: well, let me not put you on alarm then, so don't no, l- no, don't Bradley, listen to a thing I'm saying
0: No, Braley fine, uh you know, ultimate competitor with wish that whole line up there.
1: Right. And a guy who can sit in the middle of your lineup and then start a game on the mound as well. Coach, congratulations on your great start. And uh, it's looking really, really good for your club right now. And uh, hopefully uh, the guys don't get too to inside their own heads and keep it going.
0: Well, that's what we're trying to do, O.J., And we just got to, you know, steady wins the race. We got to keep keep them focused on the next next opportunity. And that's a tough FIU team coming in this weekend. And, you know, we'll tee up with them tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. We
1: appreciate your time, coach. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Scott Berry, head baseball coach at Southern Miss. You know, sometimes you ask a question and evidently you've just completely whiffed.
2: You know, those radio guys, man, they probably confused you. Yeah. If you're listening on the radio, you probably didn't know. Yeah. Was. You, should have tech, you should have come out there with me, man. I was out there. I was dealing with a flooded house. Yeah, forget about that. That's fun. Yeah.
1: Anyway, <laughs> there's really nothing you could do when you deal with that except laugh at it. Yeah. You can't stop it. Here yeah. comes the rain. Yeah. Was that a Confederate <laughs> railroad song or something like it's that? A, I, think was, uh, I think it was.
2: I think it was Black Hawk. Uh, Clint Black. Hold back the rain, something like that. I don't know. We'll have to go through the Billboard charts when we. I get, think that was like the rain. Yeah, that's right. You're, yeah. Well, anyway. Well, all right. We'll take a break. <laughs> we're going down a rabbit hole. We got to you. We gotta
1: uh, get to you. We're going to get to Hugh Kellenberger. He will bring us back to the track when we come back. This is MPB Season Pass on Think Radio.
3: To listen to stories and
0: shows, go to mpbonline.org.
3: If you have a vehicle that you no longer need and is collecting dust, we have a solution. Donate it to MPB. Your donation will go towards supporting your favorite programs that keep the community informed. To get more information about our car donation program, call us at 877-MPB-4-CAR or visit mpbonline.org.
2: Your home for the arts and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio, visit mpbonline.org. This
0: is MPB Think Radio. Mississippi is our mission.
1: Welcome back. This is MPB Season Pass on Think Radio with Sam Wells. I'm Jay White. Right back to the phones. We have the uh, editor of uh, the sports editor of the Clarion Ledger. Uh, that is Hugh Kellenberger on the program now to talk about uh, a lot of different goings on in Mississippi sports, but specifically uh, the story that that grabbed the sports country's attention and and uh, took it by storm this past the weekend. Hugh, how you doing, man?
3: I'm doing good. Thanks for having
1: me. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. First, uh you were you were there uh for the Clarion Ledger uh covering the event and got to experience all that live. You, know, you take away the 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 work aspect of it. Uh you don't get into this business unless you were like a a a true sports fan at some point. So just experiencing that from a sports fan's perspective, what was it like being around all of that as it was happening? Uh you know,
3: I certainly uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, how you get into this business there's different paths but yeah at some point if you're in sports riding you're you're a fan of sports and uh, certainly was very cool to to be there and have I mean not a front row seat but pretty close to it for you know a moment like Morgan William making that shot to be at UConn there's you know there were a lot of people watching and to be able to say you were there it's, it's pretty awesome
1: the the sh- the shot itself aside, just the, the game as the game was building on state got off to a good start, uh, but UConn made a couple of runs at them and state was able to sustain the punches that UConn gave them that a lot of other teams you know typically you know, kind of roll over and fall away. What do you think? What do you think was the key to Mississippi State being able to sustain the start and withstand UConn's attempts to get back?
3: Yeah, I I definitely, I mean, you you go in even into like the fourth quarter and you were sitting there thinking, oh, it's a tie game and Mississippi State's throwing their best punch and and UConn's been able to handle it. So UConn's probably going to find a way to win this. And State kept on doing what they needed to do. And I I think that was a situation where the depth of that team really came into play where it wasn't one person had to make the shot. Everyone remembers Morgan Williams' shot. She scored 13 points. I mean, she didn't have a a huge game. She had a great moment. Um, you know, Victoria Vivian's was really good. I think Tara McCowan was really good in that game. So it was a situation where I think UConn got very frustrated because they would take away one player and then somebody else would pop up and do something um, else. You know, I think Granny Richardson too also had a really good game in semifinals.
2: Hugh, uh, I was talking, my wife, Jay and I talk about this a lot on our show. My wife is a Mississippi State alum, so, you know, she's real into the football, she's real into the basketball, she's real into the baseball. You know, a couple, you know, couple of months ago, she's like, uh, hey, turn over to ESPN2. And it's, uh, you know, Mississippi State and South Carolina women's basketball. And I'm like, is this the station that you wanted me to turn it? Is this what we're supposed to be watching? <laughs> watching, you know? And, uh, and you, you, then you fast-forward back to Dallas. I mean, she had people texting her. We were out of town in North Carolina. She had people texting her, hey, I'm driving to Dallas. You want to go? Hey, we're going to Dallas. We're loading up uh, with Harper, our daughter. We're driving to Dallas from Memphis. You know, everyone that she knew that was in her sorority with her was going to Dallas this game. Uh, Ole Miss of Mississippi State played in a baseball series. I mean, this, this weekend it was seemingly forgotten about for a women's basketball game. Has this program and Vic Schaefer's team, uh, do you think this is here to stay? Do you think this feeling of uh, you've for you about mississippi state women's basketball is here to stay with this fan base because boy you see dak prescott going just absolutely bonkers after they won that game in front of a packed house of mississippi state fans it seems like it might be a revolution that might not be over just yet
3: yeah you know uh i i think it really comes down to whether or not they continue to win um not you know i that ultimately is what it's about. When you're a fledgling sport um, that's trying to join the big three, so to speak, uh, you know baseball is not very big in a lot of parts of the country. It's big in the state of Mississippi because Ole Miss and Mississippi State have been very good for a long time, and that developed a fan base. I think for the women to get to that same point where you can sustain the fan base through the inevitable like rebuilding period. They'll have to continue to win. And I think good news in that regard is that it's not like this is a team that looks like this was a one-shot deal. Um, they bring back pretty much every important piece going into next season. Um, they have a top recruiting class, including a girl from Terry and a girl, Maya Taylor from Olive Branch, who's really, really good. It gives them a different dimension. Uh, if Vic can continue to recruit, I think he has a chance to make this, um, you know, the top of the SEC beat, you know, the next decade be a, a top three between you know Mississippi State, South Carolina, and Tennessee, and I think if that happens, then yeah, certainly I think the fan base gets used to caring about women's basketball, and then it becomes a true thing that lasts no matter what's happening that particular season.
1: Did I hear that you said? Uh, I guess I, I think I heard this on a show that you were doing uh, uh, an appearance with Chris Brooks, maybe I don't know, a couple months ago, fairly early in the season that the 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 traffic on your site the 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 women's basketball stories had outpaced the men's basketball stories for like I don't know since maybe the middle of last basketball season is that correct?
3: Yes, yeah, and and there was a period of time this year where the men were probably a little ahead of the women because the men had that period in January where they got interesting for a couple of weeks, yeah, and, um, and that was kind of the dog days of the women's basketball schedule and. and um, but yeah, I mean, certainly, you know, people love a winner. I mean, that that's really what it's about. People love to read about a, a winner, and yeah. So the the women have been a bigger traffic driver than the men have, which is certainly not the case at Ole Miss. Like that, it one it's a total one hundred and eighty situation.
1: All right. So let me ask you: uh, you've had to uh, shift things around as the editor of the paper. You've had to shift things around with beats and different things like that, and, and you're heading into the summer. Uh, which I, I assume maybe i 'm wrong uh, is is a little bit of a lighter period uh, uh, for the the sports section at the Clarion ledger and so you 're going to have a, a, a new you have a new preps editor but a new one heading into this next high school football season. How is that working out and how, how do you how do you prep? I know you have some big events that the, the paper has added some big social events which have been really really awesome How do you prepare for all that and then getting into football season coming up?
3: Yeah, you know, I, I think at every sports department across the country, um, unless you have a major league baseball team, the summer is your time for everybody to be able to take their vacation. Um, <laughs> <laughs> every, you know, the, just rea- just the reality of it is, other than like, you know, a week and a half around Christmas, there's not really a good time if you're a college baseball beat writer, especially in a state that likes college baseball, yeah. um, to take – some vacation so yeah certainly it slows down for us there's not you know it's just not live events going on really when you think about it other than like minor league baseball um you know what live events happen in mississippi after the last out of the college baseball season until um you know the first kickoff of the football season not very much um so yeah certainly but it's also a time for us to plan uh annie costable is our new high school editor and she's really hit the ground running and so You know, we're already talking about, you know, what we want to do to preview next season. What does the preview look like? Um, Do we, you know, what kind of video multimedia elements do we do? That's really one of her strengths and something that we wanted to get better at. Um, And, but yeah, in the immediacy, our focus is very much on the uh, Clarion Ledger Sports Awards, which are uh, coming up on May 25th. And uh, you may have heard of our guest, a guy named Dak.
2: Yeah, yeah. He's and, pretty, yeah. He's been on TV a little bit the last couple of months. I, I take it. I said
1: him and Tebow. You guys have uh, drawn some pretty decent yeah. names. Not too bad. Not too bad. But I, I know Sam had a question here, but I got to ask you a follow up uh, about your new high school preps editor. Yeah, y'all have made you know two or three really good hires at that position in a row, and it's and it's it's helped y'all out when you've had to promote them into other positions or they've they've gone. It's it's certainly helped them move into. Uh, you know, different situations for their own personal careers. But there's there is so much that goes into that. And this the high school football beat in Mississippi, I would imagine is is it's a one of a kind type of situation because there's 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 big towns. But there's so many small towns. And the, the preps editor for the Clarion Ledger, especially for football but not just football but all the different sports the soccer and the tennis and and the volleyball and softball and and everything there's so much that essentially one person has to be responsible for and I don't know how you find these people that have the memory that they do to go into and not not even not even scratching the surface on the recruiting uh, element of it but what are you looking for what skills I mean outside of just sports knowledge obviously and the ability to write and communicate what are you looking for in somebody that that fills that position
3: uh, you're looking for somebody with potential because um, a lot of times when you're hiring a high school person that is within the framework of um, someone's career. for the for a lot of people that is something you do at the beginning of your career I covered high school sports at the beginning of my career um, I'd guess probably ninety percent of sports writers did. Um so you're looking for someone that has the potential to um go from what they're doing, which is uh in art. you know, we've it's not like we've hired somebody who was covering statewide high school sports somewhere else. Normally it's they're covering it in a smaller area and say, Does this person have the capability to step up into a larger deal? Where the great, the great news about this job is that, like, literally the entire state is your story. You can go right about anything. We'll send the person to the game of the week. We'll, you know, if they, if they come to me and say, I need to go to Oxford because the story's in Oxford, go to Oxford. I need to go to Biloxi, go to Biloxi, go to, Biloxi, go to Brookhaven. I don't care. Like, it, you're not confined by staying in Hines and Rankin County, yeah. uh, Madison County. But um, by the same notion, like you said, that's also that's a lot. Like you, you so you need someone who is focused and detailed, hard worker. Um you have to be a planner. If you if you do not plan in that job, it is going to overwhelm you and um you know, swallow you up.
2: Hugh, look forward let you get out of here. Talk about the sports awards are coming up May twenty fifth. As you said, you'll have Dak Prescott as a guest. How do people get tickets? And uh what are these uh what's the banquet focused on? Is it mainly high school sports?
3: Yeah, it, it Tickets can be purchased right now on clarionledger.com. Um, we put the first wave of tickets out this week, um, and they're going quick. Um, so definitely, if you're interested, go ahead and buy them and lock, uh, lock yourself in. Yeah, the, the banquet is devoted to uh, celebrating the high school sports athletes. Um, so we, we name an all-state team in every single sport, football, basketball, baseball, down to bowling, archery, everything. Um, there are players of the year that are named. They come up on stage. They get to meet Dak. Um, Dak will be on stage and we'll, um, you know, do a Q&A with him. That's usually the highlight of the night. Um, people really get into that. when We have Drew Brees and Tim Tebow. And then we also have the major awards, like Male Athlete of the Year and Female Athlete of the Year. Um, so it's a, it's a really good night um, for celebrating sports in Mississippi. And especially high school sports, and I, I've yet to. This is our third year, and I've yet to hear a single person walk out of the event that night be, and be disappointed. Um, everyone enjoys it. Yeah,
2: I guess I bet Cam Akers and Blaze Vera will have a lot of awards coming their way this year from from <laughs> yeah. uh, Clinton. So,
3: yeah, yeah I, I would say both of them are, uh, you know, probably going to be on that male after year nomination list.
1: Hugh, man, thank you so much for your time and uh, you know talking about your experience uh, at the Final Four and what the Clarion Ledger has coming up for the summer and the fall. We'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good. I appreciate it, guys. All right, Hugh Kellenberger, editor, sports editor, Clarion Ledger, and um, that was a lot of fun. That is, I, I'm yeah. always, I'm, I'm awestruck by just specific, I meant Not to say that the other people don't do. You know, really, really good work, also. But the preps editor specifically, because I mean, man, every Purvis and Okalona down the road. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, every, you could do a whole every Holka, and <laughs> Prentice Christian, every one of them.
2: You could do an entire podcast show, week long thing about how different co- journalism uh, being in a. Because you know, when I was in college, and uh, we only have a few minutes left here, you have to pick. And you got to go, this side of the room goes to the pay, print, this side of the room goes to the broadcast. So I didn't really like, uh, I'm not a good speller, so I headed over <laughs> to the broadcast side of the room. And but you don't do that now, man. Everybody's doing everything. You're writing stuff. Everybody's writing stuff. Everybody's filming stuff. Everybody's editing video. Everybody's editing copy. Everybody's editing audio. Everybody's editing everything. You have to, you know, get all the framing right for yourself when you're filming yourself at different events and stuff like that, so... It is a completely different situation it's and it's, it's a different game, Jay now with the youngsters of today than it was when we were when we were in college trying to figure all this stuff out because uh, there's no you know you don't uh, when you first get into it, you, there, you know the, the Jane Pollys in, uh, of the world <laughs> takes a long time to get to, the, wow. to that point where you're not editing your own stuff and all that, uh, all that business. So you're editing everything, you're writing everything, uh, you're posting everything on your own social media stuff. I mean there's not a you know you got to know how to do it all absolutely it's a different game now it's not the same
1: all right so in the the minute or two that we have left grow bowl this weekend super bulldog weekend this weekend yeah, so big maroon and white game is part of that
2: it's going to say the chucky e. mullins awards banquet is also saturday morning as old miss will honor of course chucky e. mullins the fallen football player from uh that uh, terrible accident in 1989 and someone will wear the number 38 next season mm-hmm. for the bowl boundless old miss football t- <laughs> uh, program so so
1: what, so what are you looking for what are you looking for for old miss
2: uh, well, I'm looking Saturday. to see the, what are they trying to find. I'm looking to see new off- the new offense, and what the rebels are going to look like offensively because it'll be much different. I'm looking to see uh, what uh, you know. Matt Luke, uh, Ole Miss's offensive line coach, has said that this should be the best uh, group that he's had. At the offensive line, uh, since he's been there, he's never had seven folks that are this advanced um, to wow. make, to go along with it. So we'll see. That's all a bunch of hyperbole, you know. You hear um, uh, you know a bunch of stuff from from some of those folks up there that are, oh man, we gotta we gotta make him stop. He's 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 uh, you know the the D line's too good, and it's like, uh. For the, so the for offensive line, it's good. the
1: opposite for me. Their their de- their their defense. Could not be. I mean, I don't think they could have tried to be worse. Well, last, that's what I'm saying last I mean, year. If
2: they may, if they actually put two hands on someone with the ball, <laughs> then I'll be satisfied defensively for yeah. all, for Ole Miss.
1: But I mean, they're they're changing scheme up a little bit, and uh, uh, you know, uh, Coach what? McGriff coming in. <laughs> uh, he's the new DC, yeah. and I think they're. they're I mean, I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say the the words four two five in that order around their football facility for quite a while. <laughs> oh, no. I would let that breathe. Um, so I'm interested to see, I mean, they, they've they got a glut of guys that are safety corner types that they recruited that are kind of tweeners physically. Yeah. Uh, and so you're losing a defensive back spot. You're gaining, I guess, maybe a tweener linebacker spot. I'm interested to see how those guys shake down through their depth chart. For Mississippi State, uh, I, I think it's going to be you know, Fitzgerald – Right. Really advancing well. His numbers tracked better than Dak Prescott's as a sophomore. So it's interesting to see what he'll be as a junior, but who are the guys that are going to break out and be the receivers uh, to do that? And then, of course, at the same time, uh, you know, new defensive coordinator uh, can't help but think that's going to be an upgrade for Mississippi State and I don't know what what you can
2: expect. Much like their defense, much like Ole Miss's (laughs) defense, Mississippi State uh, tried a little bit more to be better than Ole Miss, but that's it. They were really bad, uh, nevertheless. uh, Those
1: are some things to anticipate from those two uh, coming up this weekend. They'll both be on television, the SEC Network at some point as well. Thanks for listening. That's it for us this week.